All right, how to boxing. I have a special guest today. He has a remarkable story. He didn't begin boxing, and I'm gonna let him tell his story, but he did not begin boxing until 20. And, and a lot of you and a, and a lot of us would think that's too late. But I always say the best time to start is when you're eight years old. The second best time is today. And that's exactly what this young man did. And he went on to become a member of Team USA, fought in the World Series of Boxing, fought in the Olympic trials, became a professional fighter. And he's gonna share all of that with you fighters out there. And he also now runs a gym. So coaches, trainers, there's a lot we can learn from him because he's a successful businessman and he's impacting young lives on a daily basis. And that's what we're all in this business to do. So um, let's welcome T Mac, Tony Mac. Thank you for having me, man. Absolutely. So let's go to that 20 year old. He's out there in the world and he decides to box. How did that happen? Um, did you have any type of connections to boxing before that? How did that all come about? I never boxed in my life. I never even thought I would be boxing. Boxing never crossed my mind until I was. I graduated high school and I went to a, a community college and I was the porter and I picked up trash every morning for, <laughs> for free rent. And so when, um, and what we had to do is keep the apartment furnished. And so this dude, he needed help. Like I had to, he needed help carrying some furniture upstairs. And then the dude was in shape. I'm like, yo, what, 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 what do you do? He was like, yo, I box. I'm like, all right. So, couple of months past that me and him became cool he saw me always at the fitness center working out and he told me his name is Brandon Singleton changed my life he told me he's like if you want to come get a real workout come to the gym with me so he took me to a gym in Richardson Texas it was in a garage rinketing gym walking in nothing but just hardcore Mexicans and they're just going hard and um you know it was, it was just in Richardson it was just a good atmosphere but you could tell it was a was a real grimy boxing gym. And then I went in there and just tried to work out and fell in love with it, man. Fell in love with it right away. Wow. At 20 years old. Now, 20 years old. Like I said, a lot of a lot of times um, you know, we think that's that's too old, you know, but it but you're a perfect example of it never being too late never being too old and especially how far you went. Now take us back to your first fight. Like how long were you in the gym? And I'm sure you were getting a Mexican style. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So go ahead and share with us just about that experience and then your first fight. So my first time going to the gym was about in May, 2005 and uh, Gus, he put me through a workout at which he was the gym owner, older white guy. <laughs> but uh, Gus put me through a workout and then I didn't quit, I pushed it. And then he was like, yo man, you keep this up, you could probably be a good boxer. I was like, really? And just that positive feedback made me wanna push it. And so when I did the workout, I went home and just didn't like, I loved the way I felt. And I just started telling my friends, I'm boxing, start telling my peers, I'm boxing my family. They was like, you're gonna get your ass whooped. What, what the hell are you doing? You're too late to start boxing. And I, and I, I don't like people telling me I can't do nothing. So I stuck with it. 
for three months straight. And then that August, I had my first fight. It was made to that August. Had my first fight and I got my ass whooped. It was fun. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you got baptized. In, in I got August. baptized, yeah. <laughs> so from, it was about three, three months, three, four months to get before I had my first fight. And and now just because I know eventually you fought on Team USA, to me right away, that shows an essential characteristic that the greatest trainers in the world can't teach, and that's character. For you to get take a whooping in August, but then I know that I know some of the end of the story already. So for you to come from that you know, and everybody's discouraging you with their words, you know, many people, except for that coach who kind of instills some hope mm -hmm. that also shows just the the key values that that coaches can play in a young person's life, you know, to give them that sense of hope, which is what that man did um, that first session with you. But it also shows to me your character that you didn't get discouraged after taking the whooping um, and you came back. Obviously, you came back to the gym. Now, take us from there to maybe your first title or the first tournament that you competed in. Yeah. So let's. I want to go back to the, the character part really quick. Okay. Uh, yes. My entire childhood, you know, I struggled in school, and I was kind of a little chubby, and um, I always got picked last in football. You know, I was a terrible football player, terrible athlete. But it was something about boxing I fell in love with that I knew that I picked it up quick that it's a solo sport and can't nobody discourage you or nobody could could push you down or nobody could take that away from you because it's a solo sport. So it's like either it's my fault if I'm successful, if I'm successful, or it's my fault if I, if I fail. So I'm like, you know what, let me just do something that none of my peers doing. Let me push, do something that nobody I know doing. And so let me just give it my all. And so that's what made me just keep going back to the gym because I knew that it was gonna give me that respect and honor I always desired. <laughs> that I always, that I didn't get as a kid. I'm wrong, I grew up in a great family and stuff like that, but you know, I always just, I was just that happy-go-lucky friendly kid that got picked on easily because I was always smiling and stuff like that. So, but boxing gave me that, it pushed me like, you know what, I could, I know, I know I'm a tough guy, but at the same time, I'm extra nice, but I could actually be tough in the ring. <laughs> and then, you know, and, and just let all that anger out I have in the ring and just made me just fall in love with it. So, yeah. It, it probably, I imagine, built your confidence up quite a bit. Confidence, too. confidence, confidence, confidence. And I was a little chubby, so I started getting in shape and I started getting girls. My okay. friends started respecting me. I'm like, yo, I like this stuff. Terrific fighters always got a beautiful wife. Beautiful exactly. Wife. Yeah, I love her. I got I've got a beautiful wife right now. I love her. Yeah, <laughs> Thanks to boxing. <laughs> I'm in the same situation. You know, my wife's initials are K.O. Oh, that's pretty dope. <laughs> that's nice. Yeah, we've been married 24 years and have six beautiful children. That's so, awesome. Yeah. So definitely, um, but I just noticed that fighters, period. You always see a fighter, you be beat up guy too. Yeah. <laughs> always yeah, got beautiful, beautiful yeah. wife with you because they want someone that can protect them. 100%. Someone that can protect them. 100%. So let's, I know you, you, I'm sure you won multiple state and regional, and I mean, you, you competed at the national level. Take us back, take us into that 
And then at some point, I do want to transition into your coaching and what you're doing now, um, impacting young lives in Texas. But um, take us into maybe your first title, your first championship that you won, even at a state level. Yeah, um, so I won Dallas Golden Gloves as a novice, like two years in a row. I stayed novice my entire 10 fights so I could just get better. But then my first open fight was I got a buy in the regionals in Dallas to go to state. And so my first open fight was against the former Texas state champion from Houston. And he was number three in the nation <laughs> in USA boxing, Craig Baker. Okay. And um, he had a good pro career too as well. But uh, so my first open fight, I had to fight somebody with like, I had what? eight, 10 fights, and I had to fight somebody with almost 300 fights. <laughs> right. And so I lost to him, and it was a good fight. I did decent. I was like, oh, crap. But then that was the state Golden Glove. And then the next week, the USA Boxing States was up. The week later, I had to fight him again. I got my ass whooped again by Craig Baker. But then I, this time, the fight was even tougher, and everybody was patting me back, like, yo, you're tough, man. You can do it. And so... I cried like a little baby because I want—I really wanted to beat him. But then um, that was in 2008, and so so that was three years after you had started. You were novice. Yep, yep, yep. I, yep. I stayed did a little smokers and I stayed novice. Like um, in 2000, so when I um, in 2008 I turned open, and um, that's when I had to fight Craig Breaker, my first open fight ever. Okay. And then um, in 2009, Craig turned pro, and after all that experience. I became the man in 2009. I swept everybody in a regional, swept everybody in states. And that's when I was able to go to National Golden Gloves and National USA Boxing, the, the wow. yeah, the national championships. And um, and that's when three years, just three years straight of just just hard work, dedication, and it, you know, in the regional and Tate and state as an amateur. But then when I got my shot in 2009 to go to nationals. That's when I, uh, my God, I got, I got beat my first national Golden Glove fight against a guy from St. Louis, but then like a month later, I think we had to go to nationals, USA nationals. Right. And then some somehow I was on it. I just, I was just, I just swept everybody until I, uh, I lost to the, the guy that won it all, Jordan Schimmel. He won 2000, 2009 states. He, he, uh, he went to, you know, he was ranked number one, and so um, I ended up fighting. I fought five days straight. <laughs> and I've had to fight a guy from you made yeah, it to the, finals the first time at US Nationals. USA Nationals, the first time, and I made it to the semifinals. I lost to Jordan Schimmel, which got me ranked number three in the nation. And that would made by me making it to the semifinals, I got ranked number three in the nation. Wow. That's yeah. a remarkable story. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I was on, I don't know what I had, I don't know what happened that in 2009, but. All the work just came, and I was just stopping people I wasn't supposed to stop, beating former champions and stuff like that. Like I had a list of real – I had to fight a guy from Hawaii, Navy. Uh, it was just everybody. I had a list, and I was just just winning. I was like, oh, this is for me. <laughs> right. Yeah. So so now, um, I mean, once again, I think it's showing your character, which, like I said, that's an essential characteristic. Um just for you to continue, you know, like you said, you lost at the gloves, but then you came back just a month later at the USA Nationals and you, you did very well. You got ranked number three in the country 
Mm-hmm. So by that time, you had actually only been boxing, what, about three and a half, or is that four years? So I started in 2005, so about four years, 2009. Okay. Yeah. So four years of hard work and dedication mm-hmm. and, and ups and downs, because it wasn't just- it was a lot of ups. Yeah. A lot of it. Yep. And so you stuck with it is the key. Now, what would you advise a young fighter um, about sticking with it and maybe even trainers? Because I got a lot of listeners that are trainers out there on the podcast. Um, What would you advise them dealing with someone, say, coming to them at 20 years old? um, Or maybe there's a boxer out there beginning and he's 20 years old or she's 20 years old and she's thinking, man, that's too late. You know, I'm too old, whatever. What would you advise them? 80 or 90% of success is just showing up. Just show up. No matter how hurt you are, how mentally drained you are, how physically drained you are, there's always going to be the next day. The storm don't last forever. Just continue to show up. And that's 80% of success. And be willing to run through a brick wall to be successful you're the only person that can stop you just have faith in god and just know that the universe intelligence have your back i'm a strong believer in god i'm a strong believer in the universe i'm a strong believer and um i believed it when i didn't know what it meant for some reason i always had faith even i wasn't as strong in faith as a kid but i just always had faith that i knew i was meant to do something special and so just just keep showing up just show up even when you don't know what what's happening just know that the universe and god have your back and that's what happen with me. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful story. And um, I mean, it's just a testament of the human spirit and what's possible. Like you said, when you're willing to go through those walls and not give up and have faith. So I think those are all key ingredients that anyone can learn from and benefit from your message. You know, 100%. could you tell us some of the cool places that you got to go once you became um, we have a mutual friend, Cam Awesome, mm-hmm. um, and I know you got to go around the world a little bit yeah. on Team yeah. USA. So tell us. So with Team you... USA, my first dual match was with Great Britain. Okay. And I was very pissed. I got picked for the one that when Great Britain came to us, <laughs> but I fought the Great Britain champion, okay. Wally Camacho. He was ranked number two in the nation at the time. He won. You know, and 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 over in like in Great Britain, so I was very upset for my. I was like, oh, well, I got ready. I have to have the whole USA gear. You know, we got the Jordan gear back in the day, yeah. all that stuff. But um, in the World Series of boxing, so in uh, my day, it was Adidas. Adidas, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I got. The, I should. I should go grab my Jordan shoes. And I got. Let my take it to my amateurs. Like, look, this is this was the accolade back in the day, right here. But uh, yeah. yeah, man, I fought against Great Britain, and then Mexico City got to go there and. Um, but I fought like in California in the World Series of Boxing. I got picked. I didn't get a chance to go to Ukraine, but I got picked to go to LA to fight in LA against the Ukrainian. And then I had to fight a couple of guys from the USA in the World Series. So as a uh, amateur, I didn't get to travel the world like I wanted to. I always got picked to fight in the States against another exactly. country. Yeah. I was very upset about that. They made me get my passport. It was like, you're going here, you're going there. But I got picked to fight in the dual matches where okay. they, they came to us. But at least you got the experience to compete against that level. Internationally, yeah, it was on a very high international level, so it was it was great. 
Well, I got the but the, the fun thing about it is that you get to go to the Olympic Training Center in Colorado and stay there for weeks and months and yeah. train and get to see all the Olympians, not only boxing Olympians, you get to stay there with the the, the gymnasts. The, they yeah. shut down the entire swimming facility for Michael Phelps. You know, you get to see you get to you get to train with the wrestling team. I remember us sneaking out of the Olympic Training Center, go party with the wrestling team and the track team. I remember we got in trouble and you know, we just had a good time. We just had, a, it was just a family camaraderie. That's, that was the best part of my amateurs, staying at the Olympic Training Center, building a relationship with the top guys that you only saw on TV or the magazine you used to get when you was an amateur, all the top fighters. Like, oh crap, I'm actually hanging out with these guys. So sorry for fearing off a little bit, but yeah. Uh, that's, that's wonderful insight that, uh, yeah. you know, that they need, they need to hear. So that was actually my my first time. I was 17. I went to Lake Placid, New York. But um, I don't know if you've been up to Lake Placid Olympic Training Center in Lake Placid. Mm -hmm. Been there and then also in Colorado Springs yeah. as well. And then lived there up underneath yeah. uh, Bashir Abdullah in the Army World Class yeah. athlete program. So I know Bashir was one of the top uh, USA boxing. He was actually a head coach for 2012, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, my coaches was uh, Barry Hunter at the time. Okay. Barry Hunter, yeah, Barry Hunter. Gloria from, uh, I forgot her name. She's a female coach. Gloria, I forgot her last name. Hispanic. No, she's black lady. Gloria. Okay. Black lady, she was from Virginia. She had a couple of good fighters out of Virginia. Okay. Had, uh, Patrick Potowski, I don't know if you remember him. He was the. Um, yeah, I remember him. Yeah, Andrew Mannequin and all of them. They yes, was the USA boxing. Uh, different generation. Yeah, yeah, because I was kind of 2009. He was early 2000s, yeah. Yeah, you I know was, Barry Hunter, though. Yeah, I know who Barry Hunter is. Anthony Bradley was my coach, too, for the Army coach. Coach Bradley, Army coach. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so all yeah. good people, man. Yeah. Great, great experiences. Take us into um, moving from the amateurs and making a decision to go pro, and then what was that experience like that, that our listeners could benefit from? That was one of the best experiences I made because um, – a lot of people don't know, but a lot of people do know who follow my pro career that um, I was trained by like the majority of my amateur career. I left him. I mentioned Gus. He was my original coach, but Gus stopped quitting. So I ended up going to a Mexican coach and he was like, and he helped me get to the USA Nationals and all that stuff. And so me and Earl Spence was really close. We came up through the amateurs together. I started with Earl Spence. Like we won states together, went to nationals together. We traveled together. And so I saw that uh, Earl Spence started training with uh, Derek James and EJ just got good out of nowhere as an amateur. And I was like, what the hell EJ doing? Because he was supposed to be with one coach, but Derek James was training him on the side, just helping him out. But EJ just got good and started knocking at everybody. And so, and so when I uh, turned, when I didn't make the, the, the Olympic team, I decided to go pro in 2012. And I asked Derek James to be my coach. And uh, Derek James, my, 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 my coach, my entire Pro career and EJ was my sparring partner. Me and EJ was the only sparring partner for our first 13 fights. It was just me and EJ. Our first okay. 13 fights, we both went up in the ranks together. Me and EJ, we was just sparring. It was just us and they, Derek was both our coach. And EJ I get a little upset when I get better because because that's <laughs> Derek's his coach. Yeah, yeah you know. <laughs> and that was that's, that's um Derek James, his coach. So EJ used to chuck, but the more I got better, EJ tried to get me out of there. But we just stood strong. We just. <laughs> But right. EJ was a great man. EJ helped my career go to the next level because I was my only sparring partner. That's why I was able to be the Texas middleweight champ. That's why I was like, I had got I had eight fights my first year in pro as a pro. 
you know, I was signed with Prize Fight Promotions as a professional. So, yeah, man. So it was it was a good experience. So Derek James, my coach, EJ was my sparring partner, got signed with Prize Fight Promotion, and um, became Texas middleweight champion. Man, it was it was great stuff. That's it. That's I mean, and just to think going back to that first day, you know, when you're 20 years old. I mean, and then even you're 27, turn pro. Yeah, even turn pro at 27. Huh? Even even taking that first loss in August, a few months after. I mean, just to think of the young man there, to now the young man who's got to fight on Team USA, and now he's fighting with it with a top renowned professional trainer. You know. Um, it's just a remarkable story. I really thank you for sharing that with our listeners. And you mentioned, um, you know, EJ, I mean, you obviously know him very personally, mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, we got Terrence Crawford out there. We got, yeah. you know saying? like, I know you're going to be loyal to your guy, but I'm biased. There's nothing I can do. I can't, it's like, I can't even, can't even say Terrence Crawford. What? Can't even say his name. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just, but I'm just, I just know EJ, man. Like I've been, I've been, only person ever stopped me with a body shot and sparring was EJ. I like it. <laughs> so, and he was fighting 47 back. And he was he was knocking out the heavyweights in sparring. Yeah. You know, so I'm just, I'm like, I don't think nobody could withstand his power, man. You know, like, especially yeah. his weight class. I think I think he's going to break Terrence Crawford down, man. All right. All right. Now, I ain't trying to get you worked up. Yeah, sorry. 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 <laughs> but That's not part of it. I got to stay focused. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I'm going to speak up since the Crawford fans out there, they're listening. They're all getting mad right now. I know. Right? I know. This is one of the things I noticed about Crawford and, and something else I noticed about EJ, okay? Now, Crawford, to me, the things that they're both elite, they're both the top guys. Okay. So I see the skill level they both have, the, the pedigree, the knowledge, that boxing IQ is all there on both ends, on both sides. The reason I go with Crawford for this fight is because to me, I see Crawford, and I don't know Crawford like that, but I see what I do see, he lives more of a Spartan life, meaning he never abuses his body in any way, shape or form with, with any type of substance or anything, not to my knowledge. Um, but I have seen EJ partying with Broner and I seen some clip a few years ago where he was partying with them. He was at a, at a um, fight, they were at some big fight and he was obviously a little bit intoxicated. And so to me, those little things, they can make a difference. Um, when you don't, when you harm your body through putting substance in your system, and I'm not saying that he's still doing that, but I have seen it was published, it was out on YouTube somewhere. He was at some fight and he was with Broner and I can't remember who else was with him, but they were obviously having a good time that night. Mm -hmm. And they obviously were, I imagine, drinking and drinking something because um, he appeared to be a little bit intoxicated. And I don't know him like that. And I don't know if he's cleaned up since then. But I do know this, and this is a message to all you fighters out there. You want to fight. You risk your life when you step in that ring. And you need to live a Spartan life. You need to get the proper sleep. You need to eat right. You need to train right. You need to, some things you need to not do is, is poison your body with any type of substance. 
drugs, alcohol, weed, cigarette, any anything, vapes. Um, to me, there's no room in your lifestyle for that as a fighter. You know, if you're gonna do this, to me, your chances increase of success the more you can leave that other stuff alone because there are countless stories of terrific fighters who had it all except for the outside the ring stuff limited their possibilities of where they could go. And so mm -hmm. that's the only reason I got to go with Terrence Crawford on this is because I've just from what I've seen, like I said, I don't know either of them personally, but I have seen um, from what I've picked up on. And I know Crawford, he does his camps down at Coach Lev's gym, who I am friends with out in uh, Triple Threat out in Colorado Springs. So I have what I've seen. I got to go with that. But you can go ahead and read. That's what make, that, and, and, hey, that, that's what make boxing special because they're both special fighters. They yeah. are. One punch could change the game. And it's all about who wanted more. So of course I'm going with I'm going with EJ because I'm very biased because I personally know him and I personally shared the ring with him. But at the same time, I respect Terrence Crawford at the same time. You know, I respect him because he is a legit fighter. He is a um he's the truth. He's he's uh, yeah, EJ the truth. <laughs> <laughs> but Terrence, but he he he's he, he's legit, man. He's a Spartan and uh, even one day in um I even one day in um Vegas. You know, I, I kicked it with Terrence Crawford. Okay. And um, and I had a table, like it was, uh, I was as a professional, I had a table, I got a free table by somebody. And and uh, I don't know if you know, uh, Julie Goldsticker, she was the USA Boxing um, publicist. And so she had all the fighters. And so she had me up, like, Tony, could, could Terrence Crawford and his team come in and kick it? And so I got to let him come sit with us and we talked, we kicked it. And I don't think I saw him with not one drink in his hand. So I just show how this one he was right there he was yeah. jokes with his boys playing with his boys he was in the club and in life and yeah i think i just seen that one drinking his hand the whole night so it's just you're you're right he's, he's very disciplined yeah yeah and even myself i this is my drink of choice right here well, yeah I, I, I'm, I'm protein I'm, shake right yeah. now so it's good i'm 47 <laughs> i've never been intoxicated and don't drink not yeah that's Just really good. Man. I, you know, I see my father pass away as a young man in his 40s as a result of alcohol. Mm. And so I had made a decision as a very, very young man that I just wasn't going to go that route. Um, that yeah. or substance. I never poisoned my body with substance, any type That's of good, substance. Man. So, um, and I'm not better than anyone, and I don't judge anyone else that has and um, I think I'm a better man than I could be because I know that's in my bloodline to, mm -hmm. you know, so I just don't take any risk with that type of stuff. Yeah, that's good. Really good. We getting sidetracked, but I think. It's, I know. I'm sorry. Man. <laughs> we start I, talking. I Let's think, get back on it. I think it's still a great. I think there's some great messages in here in our conversation that can benefit both fighters and trainers. Um, I do want to ask you this, just because I have a lot of listeners that are trainers and coaches out there. Um, how did you decide or when did you decide to go in? I know you have a very successful boxing business, um, you know, a facility and you put on these big events, the, the black tie event coming up. Tell us a little bit of how you got into that, um, your beginnings and kind of how you've grown your business and maybe the keys to success for someone else out there at your stage when you decided to start doing that. I have a lot to say, so if I get sidetracked, just get on me right away. Stop good, me immediately. Good. 
This is but, all uh, college, they can soak up. <laughs> but yeah, um, so I was 13, one and one as a professional, but I was getting paid decent, but not enough. So I was doing personal training on the side too. And so uh, as I was doing personal training, I met a, a man named Nathan Pipitone while I was an amateur. But then as a professional, I asked him to be my, my, my boxing manager. I knew he was a successful businessman. So me and him got cool. And so he always shared knowledge with me on what's next after boxing. There's a, there's a long story between me and Nate, but he's a good friend. Um, he always talks to me about what's next in boxing, what's next in boxing. So while, while I was boxing, I was doing personal training at the side. He opened a gym with another friend of mine. And so they let me just come train there and do personal training, learn how to do mitts and stuff like that, learn how to hold mitts while I'm fighting. And so I just got good at training, started making decent money in personal training, doing boxing training. And so um, as, as I'm going up through the ranks as a professional, I was getting ready to fight for a big fight. I was in a fight. They had, it would talk to me fighting Matt Korboff at one point. When I was 13, the one and one. And so, um, and one day, you know, training, training camp, but one day I just had a little small white curtain in my eye. And then the um, curtain just got a little bit bigger and bigger. And so I ended up going to the eye doctor and they told me I had multiple breaks in my retina. So my retina, so I had to go to surgery immediately. Like as mm -hmm. soon as I leave the left from the eye doctor, it was like, yo, you gotta go have surgery. You can lose your eyesight for good. So I had to do a surgery like an hour or two later. And so the more, I had my surgery and then I tried to make a comeback and then my retina detached again. Had my surgery, had another surgery, tried to make a comeback, then my retina detached again. So I had five eye surgeries. And mm. so um, that's, that's what made me retire. And so after, like, by recovering from all those surgeries, I was listening. I, just, I, I discovered something called personal development because I was with Herbalife doing, making a little extra money while I was recovering because I wasn't fighting, I wasn't making money. I couldn't train. So I was doing, um, Herbalife to sell supplements and stuff like that. But they taught me about personal development. I stumbled on a man named Les Brown. And so the man I was in recovery, I was listening to Les Brown, Jim Rohn, and then I discovered another man called Earl Nightingale. And they were just speaking to what I was going through right now. I'm just not, not to quit, that you're going to go through obstacles. Just keep showing up. Don't quit. Don't quit. And so, um, one day, man, I um, I was working for a man at a, at, a, at a gym, and he was a gym owner, a, a boxer as well, but he wasn't as decorated as I was, and he wasn't as knowledgeable as I was in boxing, and he wasn't as friendly with members and clients as I was. I was like, yo, so I talked to Nate, my business partner. I was like, Nate, if this man could do it, he could own and run a gym, I could do it. So Nate was like, all right, if you're serious, go find a location, go get an LLC, and we could talk. And so I didn't know what, I'm like, what the hell is the LLC? I'm like, so I just, as soon as I, and we was on our way to the Canelo fight in Dallas in 2016. When I said that, we was in the car, we was like, yo, I, I, I really think I could open up a gym and run it. And he told me all the steps to go do it. And then um, the next Monday, I just went straight, started Googling the LLC, how to get LLC, went to a, a, a bank where I opened up a free business account. And they just um, helped me get LLC. And so I had a meeting with one of my members. One of my clients was very successful. They was about to, it was gonna help me and find a location to open my gym because they love the way I train and stuff like that. But then, um, and that's that's how I really started, man. And then, but when I opened up, when I was looking for my locations, one of my 
think my cousin was telling me about this place called the Den. It was a rugby facility. It was a facility made for rugby players. And is so that, is that where you're at now? That's where I'm at now. With the turf, right? It has yeah, with the turf. And so that was like it was it was just empty. When nobody ever showing up, when nobody coming, it was just empty. So I went there. He was like, yo, they might need, they about to shut down. They might need help running it, or you can move your stuff in there. Besides, you going to go put yourself in debt, getting a location and stuff. Once you go in and ask if you could just move your equipment, move your stuff in there and just rent space for them. And then I went in there and talked to them right away. And they was with it. Like the next two days, I just, me and Nate, we had different bags. We had started out like two or three bags. We had a ring from the old gym we was at. And so we just moved, we went to go talk business with them. We just moved everything in there. And that's where T Mac at least started. And then um, I started with like a couple of members. And now, man, it's just. How many members you have now? Over 200. Cause, you know, and then we got a fight team. We have the master's program. We have a kids program. We have so many things going on inside the facility. And then um, the people from the den, they moved out. And then this guy named Greg McCoy, he was a gym owner at different different top gym in Dallas. He came and bought the den because it's a huge facility. So me and him ended up, he, he kicked everybody out the den. It was like, he saw that I was very profitable. He was like, Tony, I want to become business partners with you, man, you could run this thing together. And so that's what we're doing now. We, and he's like one of the best guys that ever came into my life when it came to fitness business, because he's teaching me everything I need to know about business. And when it comes to fitness business, so I partnered with him in a hidden gym. And so, man, uh, me and him, our business is skyrocketing. He took my business to a whole nother level and I'm taking his business to a whole nother level. And so it's just alignments, just partnering with the right people and it's just growing to the next level. So, so you, um, you actually are partners with him mm -hmm. from the day-to-day -day operations or is he involved in that? No. So it, we're two different businesses. I'm just inside my business is just inside of the hidden gym. And so we both run it together. So T Mac and he trained as a separate business. The hidden gym is a separate business, but we both run it together. It's a, oh, it's so like almost a 20,000 square foot spot, man. I mean, it's a facility. We share a facility and I was able with the success I was having, I was able to open my own, my second standalone location. As well, so yeah, it's been um, over a year now since I had my second location. So, and now that's 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 growing. So, wow. Now you mentioned a couple things I want to touch on a little more. You mentioned the alignment. Mm -hmm. Explain to others, and I actually read a, a book. Um, I actually I read Proverbs daily, but there's a gentleman who who wrote about Proverbs. And one of the principles he talks about is effective. Please send me that book, please. I love the Proverbs too. I read it every day too as well. I'm gonna send you the title of the book when we're okay. done. Sorry for interrupting you. No, 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 you're good. Um, so I will send that to you. And we have some of those same teachers you had, Les Brown, uh, Earl Nightingale, of course, I'm sure uh, Dale Carnegie, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, all yep. of those, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon yep. Hill. Napoleon Hill, yep, I um, love it. I love all that. So I'm definitely going to send you that title. But anyway, in the book, he talks about how effective partnering is the fastest way to accelerate your growth as a businessman. And so I kind of want to get into the alignment and what were some of the things that could benefit others out there who may feel like they're struggling. Maybe they feel like they're alone and maybe they even have trust issues to to partner with someone. But how can they kind of walk your path how can they 
how can they learn from someone successful as you with two gyms now, very successful, over 200 members in your gym and one of your gyms, and I, I don't know how many in the other, but still very successful. It's, it's, it's a growing process with other gyms, so yeah, it's, it's, it's good though. Yeah, so so how could they learn from, like give me, give them three things that they can learn from. One, you mentioned the, the alignment. I want you to tap into that a little more, explain mm -hmm. what you mean by that to our listeners. And then also give them two more tips of what they could do just starting out. Because I hear from a lot of young, young coaches that are just getting started, similar to what the day when you were like a personal trainer, and they're just getting started just with the pair of mitts. And maybe they don't even have a facility right now. Mm -hmm. But um, just let's coach them a little bit, see what we can give to them. Don't be afraid to be a student continue your education no matter what like i'm in i have four business coaches i'm in masterminds and that's where i learned the power of alignments that's where i learned the power of the the supernatural the flow of life and um just continue to to just know that you don't know it that you don't know it all always be a student always be willing to learn because there's someone out there that's 10 times smarter than you, more successful than you, and more, and even just, just better than you. And, and, and accept that that's a good thing because you can always level up. You can always level up because there's levels of everything we do in life. Because I thought my my business partner, Nate, I thought he was one of the richest guys I knew. I, I knew a lot of my family, I had rich people in my family. I knew a lot of successful people, but, but Nate was my good friend and he was successful in his business and he was a hard worker, a guy that didn't even graduate high school. I thought he was very successful. Then he started getting coached by somebody who was more successful than him. And so, and then when I got with that coach, and so it just it just show how many levels there is. And then um, you just got to continue to educate yourself. You got to continue to read. You got to continue to surround yourself with somebody smarter than you because the true key to success is knowing that you don't know it all. You're always willing to learn. And um, and just be a lifelong student. Be willing to, to fail, fail forward. And then as you continue to do that, God's gonna to continue to put the right people in your life because your alignments is your assignments. And so the people that he put in your life is gonna to continue to pour in you and going to continue to just elevate your thinking, elevate your, your growth and just being a, um, and God continue to put the right people in your life. If you're willing to, if you're open to it because you know, a lot of young men, a lot of rappers, like I, a lot of rappers, a lot of people be like, oh, I do this on my own. I do this. I do this. No new friends. Like, no, make all the friends you can in business. <laughs> no, stop that rap. Like, all that, like, you know, my, you know, growing up where I grew up and stuff, they no new friends or I do this on my own. You put that stuff on your back and that's what's going to happen. But no, you got to be willing to make as many friends as possible. You got to be willing to learn from as many successful people as possible. If you're not as successful as I am, I'm not listening to you. But I can learn from you at the same time. I can learn certain things. Don't get me wrong. I'm not belittling. Learn you. not what to do. Learn I learn what not to do. Yeah. Exactly. But if you're not a millionaire, if you're not successful in the field you're in, I'm, I won't listen to you. I only listen. I only take advice from people that's willing to put the work in. The people that's done the work. But surround you. Continue to yes, just continue to surround yourself with people who's successful than you smarter than you and that's what's going to elevate you to the next level 
I love it. I love it. Uh, Tone, thank you for sharing. You know, one thing I think we have in alignment. Right yeah, there. all things are possible, 100%. Uh, that's key. Um, I think living in a state of gratitude is another key for, for our listeners. One more thing is that um, I learned earlier that you can't outgive God. And the more you give, it could be money, time, whatever, you can't outgive God. And when and every time I get scared, when I'm failing or when something happened bad, I just sow a seed. And mm -hmm. by sowing a seed, it's, um, it just show the faith that you have in God and then something amazing will happen. I mean, like, I could be scared, some business stuff didn't happen, or I'm dropping clients or members going down or fighters leaving you or anything could happen. But when you sow that seed and just continue to show faith, then something 10 times better happen. A member should go up, a bigger fighter come up. Or, you know, it's just, just continue to show faith and sow a seed. You know, it, it could be your money, which is, you know, paying your tithe is key. Or it could be if you don't have the, all the money, just do the best you can and pour into somebody else's life. Find somebody young, find somebody who who need pouring into, just pour into that person's life. It's just not being afraid to just, just help and pour and love on people. And that's when all the success will come because you got it because you got to come from somewhere. And you know, and um, that's that's where all my success came from. It's just having faith, and it is that is not me. It's 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 it's, it's all about the, the the universe and the God. It's uh, I'm believing in it all, man. I think yeah, I believe God made the universe, and the universe give us that universe intelligence that we believe, and it just that um, it, it all it all comes together. You got to put your faith somewhere, and that's where I think the success came from. Is from sowing seeds. Someone hey, see greatness. I love it. I love yeah. it, Tony. Thank you so much for um, just sharing your whole story, sharing that with our listeners. I know um, you got two very successful gyms. I also know you do some big events. Could you tell us a little bit about the event that you have coming up here mm -hmm. on October 15th? Um, share with us how that came about and also what the whole thing is about. The event. I partnered. I partnered with Tower Club. Tower Club is a networking company where they just where all the top people in the city of Dallas network. They do business, and so for their members, they have like different events for their members. And so they was thinking about having a fight night. And one of their members, when I say network alignments, one of their members mentioned me, the owner of the boxing gym. And so Tower Club reached out to me, and they put their ideas together. And so me and my business partner, Nate, I was talking about, we went there for the meeting and then we just explained like, hey, let's, we could do it like this, we could do it like that. And besides trying to have pros, something like that, let's, let's have less headaches and do, and put, and partner with USA Boxing and do with the amateurs. We could still do the professional setting, but we could do with the amateurs. So the thing is, we partnered with USA Boxing and we're giving all the amateur fighters a, a professional night, like what it's like to be a professional. So it's going to be a black tie event, red carpet. And for the entertainment, it's going to be all the top USA fighters in Texas competing. We got fighters coming from Houston, fighters coming from Lubbock all over. And we just give it's going to be a night of 15 fights. And it's going to be just a great, great night, man. It was it was very successful, very beautiful last year. And it was just uh, amazing. And all the amateurs was just at amazed because we it's not it's not a regular like even the usa boxing officials they get treated like crap they go to ring a ding gym no we 
I'm feeding the the uh, USA boxing officials. I got buffet style food laid out for them. I'm treating them with the respect they deserve because they volunteer and they work. I'm giving the amateurs their own. Just I'm gonna have food spread out. For them. I'm gonna give them like I'm gonna treat them like they're top notch professionals because you just never know. Yeah, might inspire. So I'm giving these. So it's it's it's, it's a amateur fights, but we're giving them professional experience where the who's who of Dallas is gonna be watching them showcase their talents, and it's gonna be it's, it's, it's gonna be amazing. Wow, we need to talk about that when we get off. Uh, we need to yeah. talk about your. So you do this once a year. Once a year. Last year was our first year, first year, and it was very successful. And um, it even gave me the confidence to do my own tournament at my gym. I even did get my first master's tournament. Okay. In and it was very successful. And so now we phasing into the promotion game, T Magalie Promotions. Here it comes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, because we got access to some top talent up this way as well. Mm -hmm. um, some guys that, that I'm just recently started working with. Uh, so, you know, we definitely got some elite fighters up here that. That yeah. we have to partner up with and, and oh yeah man we're gonna make some happen yeah most definitely um do you have any last things and then i want you to stay on just because i want to talk to you after we i got you i got you live um but any last message to any beginning coach trainer fighter out there who just has a passion for the sport and um is just trying to discover what's possible for them yeah, um, for the fighters out there, be willing to fail, be willing to be embarrassed, be willing to just take a couple of L's because that's the only way you're really going to learn. There's no, there's no losses, there are lessons, and I, and I learned it quick. So be willing to just take those failure moments or those those lot those those losses and just show up, continue to show up and get better, and just be willing to, to learn and and hone your skills and get better and. For the coaches out there, uh, don't just stick with one style. Be willing to be a student. Learn from everybody. Continue to get better as a coach. Continue to, to study other fighters, other coaches, and just take what they're doing, but make it your own. Make it your own. And because um, I didn't invent boxing, you didn't invent boxing. You learned from somebody, but you made it your own. And uh, just continue to just take risk. You know, faith. Just put yourself out there in the unknown and see what happens, and just uh, just show show God you're willing to be a student and just just know that He got your back and just step out there and just take whatever your goal or your dreams or your desire is and just uh just be willing to get out there and and put it to work. And I guarantee you, if you just have faith, God's gonna open all the doors and put all the right people, right pieces in place for you to um to make your desires come true because that's what us humans on this earth for is to grow to our fullest potential and if we don't put the faith out there you know it's not going to happen so you got to have faith and um yeah just keep showing up show up and just be willing to fail fail forward <laughs> i want to see what i'm falling on so fail forward <laughs> i love it i love it yeah. thank you so much tony